9 o'clock in the evening every single weekday. All in part of passing out, I believe it's $480,000 during the run of this contest. That is hard to beat. A lot of cash. That's hard to beat. I was saying this yesterday, and it remains true that this contest is so popular and, and is so effective that other radio stations in the market are trying to copy it. Nice try. We got here first. Way to go. You keep playing Led Zeppelin during that during that all-request lunch and see how that works out. You keep trying to do that. You keep trying to counter-program Rock 106.9 all you want. You can't do it. I told you that when they hired this show. I told you you wouldn't be able to compete, and sure enough, here we are, and you cannot. Joined every morning by the able-bodied Matthew Fantone. Buddy, uh, this is going to be a rough day. Okay. This is how my mic... Well, you can see that other people cannot, but that's how my microphone is is set right now. Is that the thing that holds it onto its stand is broken, has been broken. And as a matter of fact, I was in the hallway the other day with the guy who would fix it, and he was telling somebody else here, a member of management, yeah, this guy's studio's falling apart. And and it's like, well, yeah, don't no, sure enough, yeah, here it is. It is falling apart. So I have no idea how I'm, there we go. I guess if I hold it right there. So I'll have to hold this right there like this to do this entire broadcast. So I have to ask you the question. Okay. If I'm walking down the hallway and okay. the guy says to a member of management, yeah, this guy's studio's falling apart, and you're the dude who fixes it, then if you know it's falling apart, then then why the hell is it still falling apart? You're valid in your anger. I understand where you're coming from. My, my, the only thing I'm going to say is you know he's not going to do anything. You know he, you know what I mean? Like, you know it's not going to happen. So, like, I, I, I don't want to be like, well, we've got to fix this, but we've got to fix this. He said to me, he's like, you know, you're supposed to fill out a ticket. Like, you write, the, like, this digital ticket and you send it. Because he's so busy, he is not to be bothered walking down the hallway. Like, if you see him in the hallway, you are not to speak to him. So much stuff going on. There was an official email sent out. Do not address him in the hallway. And it's like, dude, come on, seriously? Like, there's somebody who works here you can't speak to in the hallway? Like, okay, got it, right? And so I don't know what this thing is called. So if I write this and say, the rubber band that holds my mic on, that's okay? Is he going to know what that means? I don't know what that thing's called. I don't know what the, like, correct terminology for it is either, but I'm sure if you said, you know, the, the rubber mounting uh, that, that holds the microphone, he'd be able to figure it I out. Ju- I just don't understand. So you know it's falling apart, but until I beg of you to fix it, you're just going to keep walking by it? Yeah, I mean, there is, there's, there's no I, point there, dude. Until of I beg for, until I beg of you, just bestow your wisdom and, and your, your magical hands upon this studio and make it possible to broadcast. I will, I don't understand that. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's really what this boils down to is like, what we do as a radio station is happening in this room right now. Like, that's what we do. So making that successful should be kind of everyone's top priority. At the, the end of the day, we only all only priority. We all, we all kind of need to put our powers together and and make things like this happen every morning like that's that's where we make our money that's where we get our one hand washes the other that's where that's where we all get our job from is from people listening to what's happening right now so yes at the end of the day uh there should be a a much more emphasis put on making it a success i just for like six months everything had been great like everything, like everything worked in here well, but now, like, dude, I have two computers in front of me, for right. those of you that can't see me. I have two computers in front of me. One of them's working perfectly fine this morning. The other one can't access it at all. Have no idea. So I don't know what's going on on the actual radio station. My internet computer's working just fine. The computer that shows me what's going on with the radio station, I can't use. Now the mic's falling down, and it's like, dude, we know this. I just, that's what makes me so mad, is that we know, but until you're begged, we're not going to do it. 
Yeah, I mean, at what point... I'm I, beside myself angry right I, I, I can't have said this yesterday. Like, at what point are, is oral sex going to happen? Eventually, it's my birthday, right? Like, eventually, sooner or yes. later, like, I bought you something nice. It's our and, anniversary, bitch. Right. Sooner or later, it's like, okay, well, you're going to do it now, right? And no, it just never happens in this relationship. It just doesn't. So, so I, I understand your frustrations. How I mean, are you, buddy? I get it. I get it. Uh, I'm good. I'm a little tired. I feel bad, too, because I came in late today. And usually, Stansberry and I have a pretty decent decent respect for each other where it's like well dude don't come in too late but yeah man I, you know i'm not your boss i'm not your dad you do what you want as long as but, job gets done but i came like in late and dude stansbury's just crockpot and raging over there and i'm like oh son of a bitch son I, of a bitch it, like. dude why i'm crockpotting of raging <laughs> is because of how easily avoidable all this stuff is right that's why I'm angry. I'm not angry. I'm not angry over the fact that stuff breaks. I mean, dude, welcome to think. Dude, things break. Right. But you know it's broken, and you just continuously walk right by it. Like, ah, you know why I'm mad? Because I am constantly, constantly put on a pay no mind list, and it is starting to really piss me off. It's getting to the point where, dude, like, I'm legitimately mad now. Where it's like, dude, you got, you have got to, dude, I've said this time and time again. If you don't want to help me, fine. But get your goddamn boot off my throat and at least allow me to help myself. At least, let, like, let's at least get there. All right. I'm better now. All right. Feel I better? am better now. Do you, I mean, we can I, do I, this. I really am. Okay. I'm, I'm totally fine. I, dude, here's the thing. I drove in, was in a great mood. Was in a perfect mood. Wanted to do this, excited to do it, lucky to be doing it. I understand that. There's, I'm sure there's some of you that are driving to work going, dude, Jesus Christ, really? Wait do you see what I got to deal with Right, today. you got to hold a microphone? I get it. <laughs> I totally get it, okay? But I don't work where you work. And you're going to bitch when you get there, too. And so I'm bitching when I get here, too, and I'm just talking to my coworker. Not my fault you're able to hear everything that I bitch to my coworker about. All right. I am done with that. All right. Turns on. out we all think... Our grandparents are dummies? Nope. It's the millennials yet again that are a bunch of dummies. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. We are the show that likes to point out when people get upset over celebrity death that it's like, guys, you're just looking to have people comment and like your Facebook post. Right. Right. So my buddy Jason, who is uh, who's a great bartender, and I actually bartend with his wife, Lena, at the Agora, had posted this, and I think he nailed it. If it wasn't for The Simpsons and The Family Guy... 99% of you wouldn't have any idea who Stephen Hawking is. He says, you never post about your theories of the universe or physics. You have posted six pictures of your throwback Thursday, and it was last week at the bar. It's not a picture of the pyramids or the stars. Three pictures. It's always three pictures of your bong. Two new pictures of the, of the place to be food. He's like, shut up. You're not feeling this one. And he says, my apologies to those who are genuinely affected by it. I do know I do have some legit scientist friends on my Facebook page. But he's right. Is that this is what people are going to do. Like, I saw that this morning. I was like, oh, it's kind of messed up. But, like, I'm not feeling it. Um, e- Even with Family Guy and, and The Simpsons, tell me what he did. Uh, I don't know. I, he's really smart. I mean, not to, like, but without... Without him having whatever disease he had, 
and him being in the wheelchair would and have never having, been anything. And him having the computer talk for would him would have never known who he you was. Could, I mean, he could have had the exact same career, exact same resume, exact same brain, and he never would have became the pop culture thing that he did. To be fair to this conversation, so it doesn't feel like I'm piling on people. Yeah. I don't know what Stephen Hawking's greatest accomplishment was. I don't know either. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I know some of the things he'd done, but I don't know what would be considered to be his greatest accomplishment. I mean, I, I know the chair, right? Because uh, I, 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 I think he built that thing. I do not know that. I do not know if that's if that's true or not. Um, I know he was an astrophysicist in the sense of like a lot of like black hole stuff, yeah. a lot of. But like, I don't know what any of that and en- ended like, did, up as. Like, I don't I, know. Yeah, was he like responsible for like one great finding or like? I, I mean, I just I don't know. I don't know what is, I don't, that's the thing. It's like, when I read that he died, it's like, oh, that's kind of messed up. But I was like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what he did. So we've got two things going on here is number one, a celebrity died. So people are going to, oh, look at me. Look at me. Celebrity died. This means so much to me, man. I felt this one just like when Bowie died, dude. I feel it. And then you've got a, a, a intellectual, a scientist. So people are trying to show off how smart they are. So this is going to be twice as bad as it normally is in the sense of like, oh, celebrity death. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. The bass player from Yes died. I got to share that on my Facebook wall. But now you're trying to look smart while you're doing it, too. Oh, just such a brilliant mind. A star has been extinguished in the universe. Okay. You know who's going to be annoying today? Okay. Is Tyson's going to be annoying today? At least those guys have a mutual respect and knowledge of what each other did, and they have something with each other there. I used to really, really love Neil deGrasse Tyson. I used to love him. But he's one of these guys who like jumps up and down on people for saying thoughts and prayers after a tragedy. And it's like, dude, I get it. I get it. But the sentiment is coming from a place of, I feel for you. So I'm not necessarily sure we should be running around telling people thoughts and prayers are idiotic. Yes, when Anthony Jeselnik did it from a stand-up special, it's hilarious as a joke. When a person, when an, when an intellectual, a person of science is out there just to demean you because you have faith and he does not, I have an issue with that. That's using your intelligence to knock people down, which is exactly what most intellectuals will tell you you should not do. That you should be trying to lift people up. And the sentiment of thought and prayers is well-wishing from you to me, and so I will accept it. Much like God bless you, like I don't think God's actually going to bless me, but I just went through, I don't know, I mean, I don't know why sneezing's a thing, but I went through it, and you're wishing me well. I, that's why like, I'm not going to be like, oh, don't, don't give me your God, man. It's, your, it's you hope I don't have the plague. That's where that all started, is people yeah. were sneezing so much, and it was like, well, God bless you, I hope you don't die from this. Yeah, so. exactly. So like, I will take that. But um, Neil deGrasse Tyson is going to be so annoying today. I mean, but like I said, at least those dudes, at least Neil deGrasse Tyson knows what 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 Stephen Hawking did. Most, I mean, most that's people, true. People on your Facebook wall have zero clue what happened, zero clue who this guy was. So but- I'm looking right now, and it's like every other post, people are talking about how this is how this is like the big thing of the day. I mean. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but I, I, I view myself as probably smarter than the average bear. I think I am. I mean, and I couldn't tell you what the guy's done. I, I will say science is one of those things that just escapes me. It really is. Like, I'm much better in other, you know. Well, it changes so fast. Like, just look at the science of certain things that have that have flipped on its head. Dude, how many times has the world gone back and forth? How many times have scientists gone back and forth on what eggs are 
or whether or not they're good for you. Butter. We've gone back and forth 25 times on science. That's why, honestly, somebody was pointing this out two days ago, as a matter of fact, on Facebook, that this whole emergence of the word science is going through a serious problem right now. Is like, take yesterday, right? We did, they did that report where 80% of mass shooters showed no interest whatsoever in video game playing. Okay, well, how many did you interview? What was the science behind the study? Um, they don't. I, they never tell you that. They just tell you what the science figured out. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think people really get things confused there when it comes to like, well, this study says, and it's like one study is not science. You know what I mean? Like right. that's the thing with science is you can you can you can time no. and time again you can repeat it because it works. It's normally a two year process on most things. I guess um, hawking radiation from his work studying black holes. Uh, he made a discovery about black holes that some light and radiation leaks around the black holes as opposed to get completely sucked in by it. Yeah, I had known that. That was like the thing that I. So like that's the claim to fame though. Like, cause I really don't know. He was also seventy six years old. So it's not like right. man, we lost Stephen Hawking. I soon. mean, dude, the guy's almost eighty and was supposed to die fifty plus years ago. They gave him what two years to live what, when he was first diagnosed, something like that. And I don't know what muscular you know issue it was, but yeah, I mean, greatly exceeded his. I guess, and that's a part of his allure too, is the fact that he you know had such a disability in front of him and was still able to become one of the great minds of our planet. You know what I mean? So I guess that is a part of the reason why it's people. Impressive. It's impressive, maybe inspirational, um, but just, I mean, and listen, if you want to be sad, you can be sad about whatever you want in life. I don't care what you're sad about, but it doesn't make you some great intellectual to share a picture of Stephen Hawking today and be like, oh, dude, star extinguished. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see that either. Um, but I mean, dude, you got things like, uh, like the Big Bang Theory and all that, and people do love to pretend like they're smart, man. They do. Oh, I said, I mean, I remember saying when the Big Bang Theory came out, I remember telling my roommate at the time, I was like, this show's going to be a massive hit because there's always money in convincing stupid people that they're smart. Like, if you if you allow people, if you allow stupids too far, if you allow the average person to believe, even temporarily, that they are smarter than, than even that they know that they aren't, but if you provide an avenue in which they can believe they're smarter than they really are, that they'll be that they'll they'll come right to it. They'll go right to the light. I'm being told um, one of his great successes of his career was the publishing of a brief history of time, which sold more than 10 million copies, and is considered to be one of the things that re- that reemerged sciences, you know. Status in, in in society where it's like people started to become interested again in society or in science because of a brief history of time. Have you ever read that? I have not read that. I have not read that either. Ten million copies sold. Though, so that's something. Yeah, that is something. I mean, do ten million copies of a book is a lot. It's not like Beyonce a lot, but I mean, it's, you know, it's pretty good. You know what I mean, Queen B still better than Stephen Hawking. You know what I mean. There's a black hole joke in there somewhere, but I'm not somewhere. Going, but I'm, it's I'm not going. 2018, don't go for it. But I'm not going after it. I shall not. I shall not go after the Beyonce black hole joke. I guess if I keep driving you towards <laughs> it, I guess maybe just I go for it. I guess I maybe should should just do that. More Sansbury show right around the corner. You guys hang on. No six nine. Welcome back to the Sansbury show. I'm Rock 106.9. online for wrqk.com. Mike says when you sneeze, the blood flow to your heart decreases. The heart compensates for this by changing its regular heartbeat momentarily to adjust. We were talking about sneezing and why people say, God bless you. 
He says, that's why we always say God bless you when you sneeze. We looked that up. That turns out to be false. That is not true. Yeah, it's it's it was based on the plague. There was a pope that said like, hey, man, everyone's dying. Say God bless you after you sneeze, because obviously sneezing is a symptom of the plague there. People are uh, recommending that Fantone and I both read A Brief History of Time. From the Big Bang to Black Holes. This is, of course, the book from Stephen Hawking, which sold 10 million copies. And now here's the thing. We're, we're both readers. We both like to read. But, dude, I'm going to get 20 pages in on that book, and my head's going to explode. I'm not going to know any of the words. I'm not going to know anything. I'm going to have to spend more time with the dictionary than I am with his book. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to be sitting there on Google. Well, like, what's what that mean? This? What's but that mean? There's a little bit of something to that where it's like, that's a good thing. You should like, hey, I don't understand this. Instead of just skipping over it, I'm just going to like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll Google it or whatever. And here's the thing. As I can guarantee you, Sansbury will be Googling Big Bang and Black Hole later this afternoon. I am 100% <laughs> confident that just not together. That. Well, maybe together right there. Jeez Louise. Um, I don't think I, I, I mean, it, unless it's like accessible to the layperson, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be able to pretend like I'm like, oh, no, turning the pages here. What a page turner. Dude, somebody posted a picture of his chair. Yeah. And the screen just says farewell on it. See ya. And he's not sitting in it. Deuces. I'm pretty sure he made that thing. I don't know that. I, I don't know if that's fact or fiction. I, I have zero clue on it that. It could one. be one of those things I was just told so many times. Right. That I believe it. Well, it's like, yeah, well, he's a super genius, so of course he built his own I mean, chair. Richard Tony- here was shoving rodents in his ass. <laughs> Tony Stark made that thing. Dude, he was in a prison. That's true. Didn't yeah. he dig out a hole in his chest <laughs> and put the amazing. power thing in there? Right in there, in a prison. Who cares? <laughs> I don't even think it was a prison, right? Wasn't it like a third world country? He was in a right. tent. Right, dude's in a cave. Yeah, honestly, dude, in the world of Tony Stark, Stephen Hawking kind of blows. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's be honest. Stark Industries has done more than Stephen Hawking ever did. Facts. We probably should not be disrespectful about a man no, dying. No, we shouldn't. It should, but my, I feel like my friend Jason, who was like the who had started this whole conversation, I was bitching about people like crying about it on Facebook. And we're kind of that show where we just feel like people sometimes just lie about how much you know, how sad they are over celebrity death. And I feel bad about this because I, I was kind of bummed out when Tom Petty died. You know what I mean? That one kind of bummed me out. But yeah. I didn't, I mean, I wasn't crying about it. And bro, like you've heard and like bobbed your head to American Girl 8 million times where it's like, dude. Had I, sex with American Girls. Well, well but I'm a big like, fan. But the people who are sharing that book have, are sharing, sharing that, that photo have not read that book. They, they don't know what Stephen Hawking did. Like they, they, they have, that's the difference. You know what Tom Petty did. That's, that's fair. Right. That's fair. I mean, you've listened to some Tom Petty. I've heard Free Fallen. Right. I know what that means. Yeah. Nobody has to explain Free Fallen no, to me. You don't have to well, Google see, that. when you're in the black hole, though, you free fall. Like, maybe that's... <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know a damn thing about it. Turns out millennials are more open to scams, more prone to scams. Are we talking true millennials age 22 to 35, or are we talking about just young people we're going to crap on them? Well, I got this from money.com. Okay. So I don't know what, they're, what, what, what they define millennials what they de- as. What they define that as. Okay. But they say millennials lost more money to financial scams than their grandparents did. Wow. This is from government data. And all 40% of Americans in their 20s. <laughs> In all, 40% of Americans in their 20s who reported fraud in 2017 indicated they lost money to schemes. Wow. This is from the FTC. Okay. 
All right. The percentage surpassed the 18% of U.S. consumers 70 or older who reported they lost money to fraudsters last year. So you see what's happening here? People 70 or older, 18% of them had been targeted by like a fraud scheme, where 40% of young people in their 20s had lost money to that. It's um, double that of your grandparents. I, any any chance of my grandparents are old and senile and they don't necessarily know they're losing money? They don't know they're getting scammed right now? They're just sending that money out there like, oh, it's working. <sighs> yeah, there could be some underreporting from, from, from the older age. I just think it's a little crazy that 40% of people in their 20s fell for this stuff. I'm not necessarily shocked, especially if you're looking at the younger side of your 20s, under 25. Um you're just dumb at that point and you think you can do something and you're like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to be the one who's going to get over and I'm do this. Just get rich, 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 quick scheme. Totally going to work. And it's like, well, dude, everyone over the age of 25 has had a buddy involved in a pyramid scheme. And it's like, no, dude, I'm staying away from that. Consumer complaints about debt collectors um, was another one of these things where people feel like they were paying too much money um, in, in, uh, from a debt collector. They were paying back more money than what they were supposed to have paid. Well, again, that's on you. Welcome to interest. I mean, if that's what they, right. is, is that what they're talking about? Is well, I borrowed fifty bucks and now I have to give seventy five back. Well, yeah. Imposter scams were the biggest fraudulent activity last year. That's when somebody pretends to be a government official, a loved one, or maybe even a celebrity in trouble. The third most common complaint consumers reported they lost more money to imposter at $328 million in all, which I believe it was just a couple of weeks ago where some old dude had got fleeced. Because somebody pretending to be Toby Keith hit that guy up and he needed like, I think it was like three grand or something, which, dude, I mean, come on. Even Wesley Snipes back in the day, who would like did jail time, right? For like not paying his taxes. Right. Like, dude, that guy went out there begging from, you know what I mean? Like on some level, if you believe Toby Keith is asking you personally for money, don't you almost deserve it? I mean, yes. I mean, a little bit of buyer beware here. But Wesley Snipes back in the day didn't have Twitter available to him. And had he, you know what I'm saying? I don't necessarily think it's too much of a stretch for, for, for somebody back in 1994 to have been like, oh, yeah, you know what? Wesley Snipes right there. This is what I've never understood about the grandparent scam. So you call, right? Yeah. And you're pretending to be one of the grandchildren. Okay. Why is the first move for the grandparent not to call the parent and be like, why aren't you the one that's calling me? That's making this why, happen. Why is, or, or like, did you know about this? Are you hearing about this? How much money did you send him? Um, I, I, I obviously number one, older people are going to be a little bit easier to fleece on things, and number two, a little bit more likely to have money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, there's plenty. Don't get me wrong, plenty of old people out there with nothing, but uh, you know, it, it, you've got a decent amount of them who who who've got something saved up there. Um, I think often what it is, even if it's not you pretending to be the grandkid, I think oftentimes you have that grandkid scamming people. I know a family who what 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 this kid would do is. Um, obviously, this was all involved with drugs here, but what this kid would do is his grandparents were racist, and what he would do is he would get one of his black friends to come with him. They would go like outside of their grandparents' house, and the black friend would start kicking his ass, and he'd be like, Grandma, if you don't give this guy $100, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me, and she would come out, give 100 bucks to, you know, to, get, to, get, to get this to stop. And then, you know, they'd go buy 100 bucks worth of drugs for it. And they both leave together? I mean, uh, if, if not immediately then, he would leave, you know, and then 
It's not a terrible scam because your grandmother would totally do that. Oh, your racist ass grandma? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just you can't just both walk out of the driveway together and in drug activity, the last thing you want to do is give somebody a hundred bucks and be like, No, I trust you. Right. I'll meet you in twenty minutes. Right. I mean, but that was that was the scam they were pulling and it really? not only not only like happened once, but was happening on a regular basis. Like was doing it uh, like frequently. Well a racist kind of deserves it. Well, I mean You kinda of deserve at, it. At the end of the day, You've I have mean, done enough bad things in your life to where I can fleece you for a hundred bucks. Getting getting scammed out of your money by your family, that's gotta be just a terrible like I mean, just 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 like you you as like the, the matriarch of that family have to feel like, what the hell did I do? I've never really although one time my my grandmother lived in Maple Heights my entire life. It's actually where, where I'm originally from. And uh, we just moved to Twinsburg when I was so young, it didn't matter. But my grandmother lived there forever, and she lived on this street. Raymond was the name of the street, and she lived there, and it was just nothing but a neighborhood of... It was stubborn white people that it were, were were too lazy for white flight like i'll okay, just be honest i'll just be honest about what it was okay. like the, the entire neighborhood you know what i mean had completely flipped over and there was my grandma and like her two neighbors like that was like that that like that was it right and she just wouldn't go and so i'd go visit her on the weekend and stuff and i'd go play cards with her on sunday and things like that and this one time a guy like knocked on the door and was telling her he was there from like the gas company right. and he needed to come into the house and like she was still kind of sharp, so she was like, nah, I'm not, you know what I mean, and this and that, and like was kind of hemming and hawing about letting him into the house, and so eventually I walk out from the kitchen, I go to the door, and I'm like, what are you here to do? And that, and he like turned around and walked right back in. It was like, you don't even have like a van. Like, you're just in like a two-door sedan. Like, you can't, like, I mean, and dude, and people are going to let you in the house. They're not even going to look. Like, where's your business card? Where's this? Like, where's that? Carry clipboard, dude. Carry clipboard in life, and all of a sudden, it's Is like, that true? Ah, I thought that was just in the movies. Dude, he's got a clipboard. If you walk up with a clipboard, like, you're taking notes on something, like, you're supposed to be there, a lot of people are just going to be like, hell, dude, I don't know. He's got that clipboard right there. I must. He must know what he's doing. Dude, tonight there's gonna be a line. It's like Stan's Ray Show listeners outside of Christie's. Like, no, dude, I got this clipboard. Just let me in. I'm here to inspect some things. Your shot at a thousand dollars next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Another opportunity for you to score yourself a thousand dollars is headed your way momentarily. Fantone said to me during the break, and he's kind of right about it that it just doesn't feel like this year, like the NCAA tournament, is all that big of a deal. Now, I did read an article yesterday that says about $2 billion is going to be waged on it. It'll be bet on it. Most of it illegally, by the way. Right. Um, Almost all of it illegally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, most of it. I mean, that's true of the Super Bowl, too. Right. It's um, most of the sports betting that happened does happen illegally. That's why all the more reason why I support opening up the gambling laws and just letting people gamble. When you fill out a bracket or when you do, you know, the, the Super Bowl squares at your office, you're like, eh, it's no big deal. If you found out somebody was scamming taxes, you know, through their business, you'd be like, oh, my God. Right. right. Might as well have an illegal poker game in the back room of your business. Right, right. Might as well have a cockfight back there, dude. Who cares? Are you Tony Soprano? You know, which, by the way, I was watching, uh, I went back and I started, I don't know why, but I started watching Sons of Anarchy again. Okay. And uh, I just was kind of like laying around, like binge watching it a little bit. And they go to a dog fight in the one episode. And dude, I couldn't do it. I like I've always said like man I kind of like to go to one of those even though I'm a huge dog person I just think that the crowd would be interesting like the, like the viewing of the people there money's in the knuckles like that whole thing that that would be an interesting scene 
but like I had to I had to turn away from it yesterday. And I know it's fake, obviously, it's a television show. But there was still always part of me is like I don't want to hear dogs yelp like that. I don't want to. I don't want to see that. I'm a dog person. I just I had a hard time watching it. Yeah. Do you think you'd have a better time at a cockfight? Yes, chickens going at it. Don't I would necessarily care about chickens. I would have an easier time watching chickens tear each other apart. But I think you are onto something, dude. That the NCAA tournament does not feel as special as it used to to me. No, I mean I think there's a part of the problem is college basketball just doesn't have a superstar right now. Like it's just uh, a bunch of teams. You know what I mean? And, and that's from I- more than that. Yes, but I think an extension to your point is I think it's been suffering for a while for me as a viewer because you don't get to know these dudes. Like when I was growing up, those Leitner Duke teams stayed together. Like, those guys were together, like, four years. Like, the Fab Five were together a couple of years. Like, you got, like, there were legit teams where now basketball, the NBA's got this problem, too, where it's like, dude, there's no team. Like, the Golden State Warriors are a team. But then it's like LeBron and, like, dudes. And then it's like James Harden and dudes. And, like, there's like there's just, there's no cohesive units in basketball Outside of the Golden State Warriors, there are no units in basketball out in NCAA or NBA. Like they're suffering a I'm the star, everybody else is just second fiddle thing right now in basketball. I don't know if this really will be the thing that kind of puts the nail in the coffin, but as I feel like over the past five years, like the concept of March Madness has just lost a lot of steam where yeah. 15, 20 years ago it was a huge deal. I wonder this year considering the amount of scandal that happened within NCAA college basketball within the past two months, I mean, it's fresh on fresh on the on, on the minds of anybody who wanted to pay attention to it, the insane amount of corruption that happens within that sport. I wonder if this year will kind of be like the beginning of the nail in the coffin. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying the NCAA tournament's going away tomorrow, but is this the beginning of, like, dude, we're getting away from this? Like, I don't know, man, because for that to be true, the average human being would have to care about the fact that the college kid was getting screwed. And does the average viewer care? It's not even that the college kid's getting screwed, because the college kid will continue to get screwed. This, if anything, was showing you that, like, that, that, that... I don't have a problem with the kid getting paid. I want the kid to get paid. So, like to me, it's like, well, that's kind of what I want. It's it's more so that these these institutions that we held on such high standard of, oh, that's why it's the best sports in the world is because you know the kids care and it's all for nothing. And it's like, no, man, these people are cheating the system every opportunity they get. There's zero integrity when it comes to college sports. I just was under the impression, and maybe I was wrong, but I was under the impression most people knew that. Like, right? Isn't this one of those things that everybody knew but nobody talked about, like Harvey Weinstein? Well, you put your head in the sand for long enough and you start to believe the lie. And I mean, that's I think that's part of the problem is people did view the NCAA as uh, having some holier than thou, like having some sort of integrity that they just do not have on any capacity. Oh, I've never been under that impression. I have never been under the impression, not once in my life, that the NCAA was out for anything but themselves, ever. You, Dan Stansberry, smarter than the average person. I think most people just, just slumming their way through life have thought for a long time, well, college sports are better than pro sports because nobody's getting paid, and there's you know the love of the game, and everyone's doing it, and I think most people believe that. First of all, there's no love of the game. Okay, first of all, there's the love of maybe I'll make it to the second level. Yes, you can talk to me about Division Three sports, and you can talk to me about like that, and like Mount Union players, and yes, they care. 
but like what Mountain Union players aren't going to college for free and getting you know getting getting preferential treatment, dude. Just because you're in Division three sports, just because you're playing golf at Akron, doesn't mean you're still not getting you know you're getting oral sex because of it. Well, <laughs> like, I know, yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the that that like that there's this mentality that college players care more. I don't buy that. It's because they're getting they're, they're getting those benefits. They're, they're, you're right. Something is coming out of it, and and there is still the chance to go pro, and you can go pro from anywhere. I mean, do guys have made it from like you know nowhere state into the NFL? It happens. As a matter of fact, I think the NFL's the league, the, the the professional league that has the most undrafted players in the league playing. Like so that I mean that can happen. But this whole mentality that. And I know Charles Barkley's been on this lately, too. That's like people want to knock the free education. And he does know people. And Jason Whitlock is a perfect example of this, who works for Fox Sports, who went to college on, he went to Ball State on, on a football scholarship and realized early, I'm not good enough to do this professionally, and then stuck out his education, got his journalism degree, and is now a journalist. So it can happen. But what I will tell you is Jason Whitlock is the is. He's the anomaly. Most of those dudes are being shoved, I mean, women too, are being shoved in and out of those systems. They're not learning anything. Most of them are being exempt from classes. And I'm not sure they're really getting the education that you think that they're getting for free. And why does that bother you? Well, they're getting an education for free. Why does that make you so mad? They didn't get it for free, by the way. They didn't. They got it by giving up every ounce of free time that they had and putting it into something that they could be better at it than you. And that's why you're mad. You're mad because they have an ability that you do not. It's not about the fact that they're getting an education that we all know that they are not getting for free. Quit with the education for free arguments. Stop. Stop. Because on some level, dude, it is kind of like, it is kind of like, I hate to say this, it's not true of all people who use the college, the, the free college argument, but a lot of you are just, it's thinly veiled racism. It is. Whether you want to admit that or not, it is. Not all of you, okay, but, but, a, but a big portion of people who say that, that's what they're saying. They're saying, these lazy black dudes, all they do is shoot ba- balls through hoops, and now they want to bitch. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. I don't care what you mean to say. I'm telling you what it sounds like when it comes out of your mouth or when it comes across your timeline. So I would agree that sending somebody to college who might not have went otherwise without this sports background, that yes, that that is a leg up. It is a benefit to them to be around a university. I will not deny that. But to pretend that they're being educated by these systems is crazy. Kyrie Irving played in nine games. Was there a semester? Did he get an education? He thinks the earth is flat. That's a basketball factory. That's what Duke is. If you play basketball there, it's no longer a college. It's a basketball factory. Dude, as, as the more as you talk about it, the more that I think about it, I really do. I think we're starting to see the beginning of the end, dude. I genuinely believe it. Really? I really do. I mean, when you look at what the NFL said about them having a developmental league, when you look at the strides the NBA G League has had, when you look at the success that MLB has had with minor league, and you start adding up all these pushbacks when it comes to college sports, I really do. And I'm not saying it's going to happen next year, but I really do feel like this is, if, if not a tipping point, this is certainly a point on the map where it's like, dude, this the Titanic is starting to tip. It right could now. be. I mean, I, I'm not. I, I won't say it won't be. I think if these sports leagues get their act together 
and they start to really, you know, start to, you know, scour the earth for players who can be in like these D leagues, the G League for the NBA. If you if you can fill that out w- with quality athletic bodies, I think the NCAA could be in a serious amount of trouble here. I'm hearing here d- that Division three Mount Union players, there are no free rides like in higher divisions. Those players are playing. I don't know that. I was just pulling them out of a hat because I know they're close. No scholarships in D three. I don't know if I buy that. I, I, I don't know. Now, it's been a long that. time, but my brother played Division three basketball and football in Minnesota and received financial scholarships to go do that. Now, that was forever ago. My brother's in his 50s now. But, I mean, he played Division three basketball and football in college and could have played baseball but decided not to. I mean, that's how good of an athlete he was when he was younger. But he, I know my parents got some financial help sending him to college. D3 colleges are not allowed to offer athletic scholarships and the amount of practice and time that a coach has is greatly reduced from higher divisions. Now see, this is what I find interesting about that. Why? Like why like what, why, what, why can't they? Why can't they practice as much as an Ohio State team? At the very least, why can't they get the financial aid? Like why can't why can't uh, yes. they be rewarded Either for their one of those things. there? Yeah. I mean Either one of those things I don't understand. I can't understand why that would be true. That doesn't negate the point though of you do get benefit. You cannot tell me. You cannot tell me that a Division 3 football player is not getting personal benefit from being who he is. Like that's just true the or false. truth of it. True or false. The quarterback at Mount Union could probably sleep with any woman he wants on campus true. right true okay true. there we go I mean, at the end of the day yes you get preferential treatment and you can't tell me that i'm not trying to break mountain union it's over the, the same thing which, we're not no no, no 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 not at all that's a phenomenal program as a matter of fact i think i'm trying to find three guys right now to team up with me to play in mount union's football program their golf outing and, and, okay so they don't get a division three scholarship but you can't tell me that teachers aren't giving them preferential treatment i'm not saying mountain union i'm saying division three athletes as a whole dude you cannot convince me that other than that oh dude i've told the story like like i said i mean i don't i mean, I, I i don't really know how the division well, well, I mean, Akron's not in Division Three. D one there, but my buddy played golf at Akron, and he was like, "Dude, they just they look the other way on everything." That's golf, and you know, he says it best. Now, be a stud linebacker at Ohio State and watch what happens. Like this free college argument, I don't think really holds weight. Yes, going to a university and being around a higher education facility will give you a leg up that you might not have had. But to pretend that they walk out of there with the education that a standard student does, I think is a little misconceiving. I think I think you're just I think you're choosing to believe that's what happens. You agree with me? You're no, looking, I'm just saying. And look at the look at the standard education that the average student gets. And not now, much. Right now, it's like I said, the answer an article like, "Oh, pff, we got to tell these kids stop going to college." Like, I, I, sure, sure, it's it's all you know, whatever, uh, whatever. I, like I said, dude, I think you can just start to see the the beginning of the end of college sports as we know it. I'd be interesting to see if that's true. I I think like like I said, if if they start to develop these D leagues a little bit better. Um, then you may see that happen. Denise tweeting in says, my son plays D3 baseball. You're not allowed to get athletic scholarships. They must have changed that. They must have changed that. I uh, Like I said, or the, you know what? I'll have to ask my mom what, it, what exactly my brother got. But I know he played, D, like he said, he played D3 uh, you know, basketball and, and football in Minnesota. I'd be interested to find out what, uh, what financial aid he was able to get for that. More Sansbury show right around the corner and it turns out we're getting a Space Force dude. That's next on Rock 106.9 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury show on Rock 106.9 online for WRQK.com. We'll pass out those warrant tickets at 8.30 this morning. I believe 
that the grand prize drawing for the warrant tickets is like a, a like a meet and greet, right? I yeah, mean, there's, a, there's a VIP experience. Oh, VIP experience. I don't know exactly what that means. I do know that everybody. Oh, well, I, I I know everybody that wins, not just the VIP experience. Like literally, everyone that wins tickets to this show. Not only are you going to see Warrant, you know, not only are you going to see Great White up there, you're also going to get to go to that buffet, dude. And honestly, that alone is worth the trip. I would agree. With that. Damn good, dude. I bought this jacket not that yeah. long ago. And I went to go put my keys in the pocket this morning, and they just fell straight down to the floor. And I opened it up, and I look, and it's because the inside lining like ripped. Shoddy craftsmanship. And it, uh, and like the pocket, like I gotta find somebody who knows how to sew and get that taken care of. That's gonna suck. It's my left pocket, it's the one I use the most. Is that really gonna be a sew thing? You're just gonna be like, screw it, I'm buying a new jacket. No. You're gonna, you're I, gonna, okay. I do. I like this jacket. Okay. I like this jacket so much. I bought the the blue and the black. One. I, I'm surprised you're not just like, well, then I'm just gonna go buy a new black one. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I mean, maybe. I mean, like, I mean, it's like, I mean, you can sew that. Yeah, easy. I mean, sure you can. I'm just surprised that uh, the the easier way would just be like, whatever. I'm just going to buy. It. I'll have the nice ladies over at Laundry Express do okay. it. Okay, that, right. that lady likes me. Do they do the little alterations there, a little sewing? All right. Well, yeah, you gotta like load, normally let them know early. Of course. Sometimes they have to send things out. Of course. But yeah, I'm gonna have to actually have a bunch of stuff altered okay. due to the body uh, the body weight loss, which is still going pretty damn well. Um, okay, I say it all the time about our current president that some people just hate the guy so much that no matter what he does, they cannot admit it's good. Now, Fantone's gonna point out to you that there are people on the other side that no matter what he does, they'll they'll they refuse to admit that it's bad. He's right. Those people exist too. You're both effing crazy. Okay? You're both nuts. And this is what I've been saying about the two-party system is that I believe people got to give up on the, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, because what happens there is, is that something happens and you feel like you have to defend your side no matter what, whether you think it's crazy or not, but it's like, well, the other side can't win, I have to defend my side. We got to get it over that. As a matter of fact, dude, a guy I said could not be president because he didn't have the charisma has been nailing this issue on television lately, John Kasich. He's been nailing this issue on TV lately, and I've actually really liked a lot of what John has had to say recently. He's been talking about how do we need to get rid of this two-party system. It's terrible. And I've been on this for a while now. But Trump said something yesterday, that, and, and nobody wants to admit that he's right. But he is, of course, right about this. He said, space is a war-fighting domain just like land, air, and sea. We may even have a space force. Develop another one, Space Force. We have the Air Force. We'll have the Space Force. We have the Army and the Navy. He said the idea came to him recently. I was saying it the other day because we were doing a tremendous amount of work in space. I said, maybe we need a new force. We'll call it Space Force. Now, of course, when you hear that, it sounds kind of funny. Yeah, I was going to say, at the end of the day, if, if Space Force sounds funny. If we're just stepping away from like, oh, it's the president, oh, politics, just, just the Space terminology Force is, funny. is funny. Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, dude, that's like, you might, do that's like straight out of Spaceballs. Okay. Like Space Force, yes. Okay. okay. So right. that part's funny. Okay. He said, and I was not really serious. And then I said, what a great idea. Maybe we'll have to do that. That could happen. This could be the big breaking story. Now, here's what I'm going to say. He's right. He is absolutely right. You cannot be naive enough to think that this country will not fight a war against another country 
in space. Will you be alive for it? Probably not. I think people are getting caught up with what the concept of like in space means. I don't. And now listen, a part of this is too is that like President Trump not exactly the most well spoken with his thoughts. Therefore, maybe it leaves little room for interpretation here of like that's why people are jumping up and down on it. But I don't think he was intending to mean like. All right, first thing we're going to do is we're going to send up some spaceships with some lasers. And then after that, dude, right. someone's going to come out with a laser sword. And then there's going to be aliens. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think that is what people wanted to interpret it as. as like, this dude's nuts and this is what he wants to do. And it's like, no, dude. I mean, the concept of 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 space being used in war isn't that much of a stretch to me. No. I mean, obviously, like, satellites alone... You know what I'm saying is is a, is a huge part of that, right? So so I guess maybe that is a part of it. Is like it's not like the American military doesn't know what's going on in the airspace above us right now. So does that program that he's talking about already exist? And do we really need to call it Space Force? I think this is really funny, especially when you when you think about the fact that the idea of a Space Corps was already a news story last year when the House of Representatives passed legislation that would direct the Defense Department to create a new Space Corps as a new military service, housed within the Air Force. But again, you keep laughing about how the president's an idiot. Shouldn't he have already known that? Instead he should of saying, have known hey, that. that's my idea, look how smart I am, I'm so bright, shouldn't he have already? He should have known that. I will grant you that, okay? But he didn't know that, but neither did you. You know how I know? Because you spent the whole day yesterday making fun of the president on Facebook. So you know what? You didn't know either. Now, the president should know more than you. Okay? Right. But you opened your big, dumb mouth about how big and dumb the president was. And sure enough, this is a really good idea. Let me ask you this. Russia's the problem, right? Interference. Interference. Meanwhile, show it to me. Interference. Right? How about... Who do you want in control of? Who who do you want to be the first space force out there? You want America to be it or somebody else? I want America to be it. So yeah, I'm all for this. Let's do it. We should be doing this. Let's get on this. What are we doing? But no, we're the country that's just going to call the leader a moron because we think he's a moron, even though that this is exactly what we should be doing. This is like, and you're right, dude. Like he could rape somebody in Times Square, and his supporters would be like, "Well, that's not that bad." You're right that that exists. But this, this, and this is why I've been so annoyed with leftists recently, is that even when he's getting stuff right, you refuse to admit that it's right, which then re- that makes people like me refuse to listen to you about how wrong he is about other things. Because you are, Democrats, literally just the boy who cried effing wolf over this dude. You have got to stop making everything he does the worst thing you've ever seen. Otherwise, nothing will be bad ever again. You have got to stop this. This is this is how he won. This right here. All of you. Meanwhile, dude, everybody's so smart. We're so much smarter than the people who voted for Trump. We're so smart. Yet you're constantly running into the walls trying to figure out how he won. This is how he did it. This right here is how he did it. By people being against things that he's doing that aren't the worst idea in the world is how he won. He won by by the smart party calling everybody else in the country deplorable is how he won. That's how he won. By the smart people looking down their nose and mocking other people is how he won. And yet you keep going with the system that got your ass kicked.
when you're going to learn your lesson. How many times you got to be punched in the face before you realize it hurts? Who do you want up there first? You want another country up there first? Taking control? Or do you want everybody taking their lead from us, the U.S., the world leader in most things? Even though that's not true, we just like, spend, we just like spreading that lie on that. As a matter of fact, America's not first in a lot anymore. But I would rather have us in control up there than Russia, North Korea, Japan, right? China. Everybody's all afraid of all of these places. You need to be afraid of them up there, too. But because the words space and force were next together, and because you don't respect the guy who said it, it's the dumbest idea in the world. No, you're an idiot. We need to get on this. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. Dude, people actually thought while I was talking about the Space Force that they thought that I meant there was going to be dudes walking around on Mars with AK-47s in their hands. No. But if you don't believe space is going to be a battleground for this country versus other nations at some point, I think that's naive. And that if if had Barack Obama, this is all I'm going to say, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. Had Barack Obama said, we need to do this, you would have been like, that's a visionary leader, and we need to follow that lead. That's what you would have said. Now, he would have called it something else than Space Force, I bet. Elon Musk is talking about soon, relatively soon, we will be sending people to Mars. Yeah, back and forth pretty quick, right? Yeah, and we'll see, you know, how quickly that is, but like... I mean, all right, so you're you're going to last another, what, 40 years on the planet if we're lucky? Maybe not in my lifetime, but in my kid's lifetime, sure. right? I yeah. mean, like, yes. I don't feel like it's that far of a stretch. Right. It's coming. Again, I maintain, had you respected the guy who, who suggested it, you'd have been like, this is great. See, this is well, this is the leadership we've been looking for. Yes. This is the shepherd we need. Yes. Now, I will say, if he would have presented it a little bit better instead of just saying, oh, Space Force, baby, we're going to have it. It's going to be the best. You probably would have been received a little bit better. But uh, All right, bo- fair. I'll meet bo- you there. But bo- both those things are kind of true there. I'll meet you halfway. Right. I will meet you halfway right. there. I'm saying one more thing. Sorry. <laughs> As a guy who voted for Hillary Clinton. Lived hard. <laughs> I do believe that the Trump presidency is better off for us in one regard. Okay. I think Hillary would have been doing things that we all would have hated. We just wouldn't have known. The media would have been like, this is the greatest thing forever. We're with her. And there would have been this. You're criticizing her because she's a woman. We would have had four years of not being able to criticize what she was doing because you're a sexist. You're a sexist, and that's why you disagree with her. Hillary Clinton was an evil, evil criminal. Yes, I voted for her. Felt like she was the lesser of the two evil criminals. But I will say that she would have been doing things to undermine you and your beliefs. You just would have never heard about it. So at least with the guy we got now, everything he does wrong... Believe me, the media tells you, right? So at least the stuff that's going on that you dislike, you're aware of. Had Hillary been president, you would have never heard about any of it. Now, you would have liked a lot of the stuff she did, too. I would have, too. 
But that woman was going to be capable of getting away with bloody murder, and nobody was going to hear about it. And that's one of the reasons why as many people who voted for Trump did it. Not because they're deplorable, not because they're racist, but because they wanted something that they felt was going to be examined harder than a Hillary Clinton presidency would have been. And you guys know I'm right about that. You know I'm right about that. Dude, I'm surprised you're not more pumped for the NCAA tournament. You that? are a huge basketball fan, Indeed I am. and yet you don't really like college football either. No, I don't like college sports. Um, I don't I, get that. And at the end of the day, number one, I do genuinely feel for the athletes involved. I remember it was a couple years ago. I watched the documentary. God, what was it called? Unschooled or something like that. And it was just essentially about like the 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 way that you know college athletes kind of get exploited. So I think that was definitely one of my moments where I'm like, dude, I'm done with this. Uh, but at the end of the day, there's better basketball to be watched. There's better football to be watched. There's more, you know. See, this is where you and I differ. Because, okay, the sport I watch most on TV is golf, right? right? And I actually prefer NCAA golf. Now, there's obviously a big gap between playing pro and playing college, right? Oh, golf. massive. So, I mean, Aaron Wise was the best college golf player in the country last year, and he routinely does not make cuts on the PGA Tour. What is it that makes it better for you? Though? That's part of it. Is that the fact Sounds that... Good. that the, right. It, it's about the fact that you will see failure. And actually, I, I'll tell you the tournament I love every year. It's the NCAA Women's Final Tournament. I love that tournament. And... College sports for me, and especially college golf, is that it looks more. It, there's something about it. It's heartbreaking when they when they screw up because they're a kid and it's for college and it's not for ten million dollars and it's not like ah, okay. dude, you place forty fifth in the tournament, you still make sixty grand for the weekend. It's there's there's like, dude, this is legitimate failure. And you watch, and I hate to say this, but dude, sometimes when like when a nineteen year old kid cries on the side of the green because he missed a putt, <laughs> there is part of it where it helps pull you into the moment. It pulls you in. It's like, dude, it makes it real. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I can understand that and definitely taking the money out of it, even though those kids are still getting paid, taking the money, the vast, those huge sums of money out of it. I see how that, I guess, maybe makes you feel a little bit more invested. It's um, connecting. As far as, as far as like the tournament goes, like I just filled out a bracket and I only really kind of did it just because it was Scott from Waiting for Next Year and it was going towards charity. And I was like, all right. The well, Susan dude. B. Coleman yeah, Foundation, yeah, yeah. right? Who, by the way, he is uh, the, the executive director the, of, of the Northeast Ohio Susan B. Komen. So I don't know where that connection came with him, where he got so involved with that charity. But I believe they heard him on this show. Oh, nice. And we're like, that, nice. that's the guy we need. But I filled out a bracket, and I'm just not going to check it again. Like, it's fine. Like, if I win and I win a thousand bucks, awesome. I'll watch games just based on the fact of I believe that March Madness, the the tournament, is the best playoffs in sports. Like, better than better than MLB, better than football, better than anything. It's just that that one and done you've got you know you have to win the next game this is that breeds excitement this you're absolutely right i totally agree but this brings up an interesting point is that everybody says that about the ncaa tournament and yet we run no other sports scenario that way we don't run football that way well i guess i guess yeah kind of right the nfl playoffs rights win and you know win and move on or yeah but i mean a, a little bit different there it there's, is different. there's there's something about about the tournament versus like the 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 setup of the of the nfl why does the nba not run an ncaa type tournament to get to the nba finals uh, number 1 you can't start with that many teams and that's a big part of it is college yeah, uh, that's division true. 1 schools i think there's 150 or something like and that and 5 and 7 game series bring more money right and 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 with you know when you 
you've only got 30 teams, 32 teams in a, in a, in a, in a sport there, you don't necessarily have the availability to start with that many teams and that many games. Imagine if we had to play three Super Bowls to figure out who wins. Right. Like you had to keep on. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I'll watch it because it is exciting, but I don't care about it. I, I, don't, I don't think people do anymore. I normally love this tournament. This is normally one of those t- tournaments where I'll go to the bar, get a bunch of fried food, sit down with a huge draft beer, and just watch games all day. Bet games. I normally bet a ton of games. But I haven't watched a single lick of college basketball this year, and I just, outside of Grayson Allen being a dirty player at Duke, I don't know another NCAA story. At least, that was it last year, Lonzo Ball at UCLA felt like, okay, there's a story going into this tournament. where there, I don't feel like there's a single, like you said this morning, and I think you hit the nail on the head, who is the big NCAA star right now? Like I can't even name it. I mean, there's uh, there's no real individual that that holds that crown, nor is there really a team. There's, you know what I mean? Like, so at that point, without a stud like athlete that you're watching or a group of guys that you feel invested in, it, it's just very much like, all right. I mean, I watch sports because I like to watch sports, and what else is on at eleven o'clock in the morning when I get home from here? You know, so right. like, I mean, it's either Price is Right or I can watch, you know, Gonzaga take on on Maryland or whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse than daytime TV. So if you put if you put competitive sport. On it. I agree. I probably would end up watching that. I hate to hit you over the head multiple times with sports, but the Browns are making moves and they needed to make some moves because Joe Thomas refuses to come up with what he's going to do. So the Browns made a couple of moves yesterday. We'll uh, get you clued in on what those were and also get you hooked up with $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have $1,000 to give you momentarily is when that's going to happen. Dude, it looks like a couple of my buddies say that they might be in. It looks like we might be playing in Mount Union's, uh, their football program's golf outing. There you go. May 5th, Tannehoff, I believe, is where they're doing that. Somebody sent me the, the link this morning via Twitter. I was like, that does sound like a good idea. So I met buddy Seth up. He's like, yeah, man, I might be interested to do that. I'm waiting to hear. we got to get a four-man team together. I uh, reached out to two of my buddies, and we're going to try to find a third. I feel like... I feel like I feel like I got to make that trip out to Alliance soon. I feel like we kind of under deliver out there. I feel like your boys got to get out there. Go speak, talk, talk about the Carnation City. You first, and then, and then, <laughs> and then tell me, and then tell me how it goes. You're the canary in the Alliance coal mine. I, uh, I don't know if I'm ready. Brown's making moves, making moves, man. Apparently, uh, we still have not heard from Joe Thomas what his intentions are. As as far as I know, this morning we we don't know. Um, Isaiah Crowell, running back for the Browns, is going to be signing, or I believe did sign, a three-year deal with the New York Jets. That was reported by Adam Schefter. On the quarterback front, I will tell you that the Patriots reached out and made an offer to A.J. McCarron. Very interesting, as uh, I know a lot of Browns fans were uh, were not excited about the idea of A.J. McCarron being on the Browns roster. Very interesting that the Empire would want him. Well, it depends on where you're looking at. If you're looking at A.J. McCarron as like the guy who's going to save your franchise, versus going to be a bad time. In case Tom Brady goes down. Right, right, right. right. Huge difference. There is. So the Browns picked up offensive tackle Chris Hubbard from the Pittsburgh Steelers, about $37.5 million over five years. Um, he was a backup uh, offensive tackle and a guard with the Steelers, but again, that team's probably deep at these positions, so I, you know, don't rank them over the coals for that. We also picked up an offensive tackle, Donald Stevenson from the Broncos. That's about two and a half million for one year. He spent four seasons with Kansas City, so I would imagine then John Dorsey has some 
has some uh, previous knowledge of Donald Stevenson. Two and a half million dollars for one year? One year. Jeez, Louise, man. I mean, I, listen. I, that's a bargain. Half, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Two and a half million dollars. I don't ever want to be like, man, you're not getting paid enough for one year's worth of work right there. But dude, two and a half million dollars as a pro athlete? I'd oh, be it's like, low. Well, I, what, what the F, dude? Oh, it's low for sure. Jeez. We also got defensive end Chris Smith from the Cincinnati Bengals. That was uh, $14 million over three years. He spent uh, the 2017 season with Cincy after three years with the Jags. Additionally, the New York Jets have reportedly agreed to terms, again, like I said, with running back Isaiah Crowell, three-year deal, so we get Crow out. Um, I know Duke Johnson, uh, you know, somebody was giving him, um, you know, some basically some comments of confidence yesterday saying, dude, we're going to ride with Duke. We're going to see what we have here. Um, I would imagine a running back is going to be something else they pick up. I mean, most teams carry yes. two. If, but if you're going to give me the option between Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson, I'm taking Duke Johnson. I would too. Ten times out of ten, dude. It I've seemed, never been an Isaiah Crowell fan. It just seemed like there was a lot of upside with Duke Johnson last year that it just felt like there's, there's, there's more of this guy to come that we're not quite seeing yet, where I feel like we saw everything Isaiah had. I'm glad the Browns also picked up a defensive lineman there and at the end of the day, you can never have too many good pass rushers. Like it's an essential Not part. It's an essential part of a defense. But I think that flies in the face of the latest CBS mock draft, which has them, the Browns taking Bradley Chubb, the defensive end, at, at, in the first pick. And uh, listen, like I nah, said, you can't, I, I you can't, have, you can't have too many good pass rushers. But like, uh, you need a playmaker at one. Reports are that Browns are also signing Carlos Hyde, um, a former 49er, former Buckeye too, right? Carlos Hyde. Is that right? Yeah, I don't. I, I, it sounds familiar to me. I, I, I don't remember that. Um, but again, that that's for the running back position there. Those, uh, according to Bleacher Report, I have not seen an official. Um, I, I I've saw it from Bleacher Report. I have not yet seen an official. It doesn't mean that an official report's not out there. I just have not seen it yet. Yeah, Ohio State University, former Buckeye, right there. Um, somebody saying on Twitter, as a Steelers fan, thank you for taking uh, Hubbard. That dude was horrible. That sucks. Yeah, that does suck. That sucks. I don't know anything about him. I mean, because I'm not a Steelers fan. I would assume that one of the reasons why we got him is because the Steelers are so deep at these positions, and maybe there wasn't just enough place for him to play. But if this guy's saying he was terrible, that's probably why they were getting rid of him. I mean, though, depth in football is very important, and it's not like every free agent signing you make isn't necessarily being made for like, yo, you're going to come in and be the impact player. Fair. No, there's going to be times when it's like, man, we we, we have a bargain here in front of us, and if we can have this guy six-man into the line there... Makes makes sense. So far, man, nothing Dorsey's done has has been a head scratcher. So far, everything he's done is like, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, the only thing that I can point to and say like, eh, maybe didn't go exactly as you wanted it to was the fact that you ended up with uh, with Tyrod Taylor as opposed to one of the other you know quarterbacks available to you. But that's going to happen. I, I mean, I, that is. I, I again, I agree. Yet I don't think that's a Dorsey thing. What I think happened there is you get on the phone with agents and they're like, yeah, dude, you might turn it around, but it ain't turned around. Show me. But yeah, it ain't turned me. around. That's fair. So, like, I'll answer your call next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm not sending my dude there right now. I think that that's a lot of what that was, where it's like guys who had a little bit more say in where they want to go were like, dude, I'm not going there. I don't care if they got John Dorsey yet or not. Right. Wait, would show me something first. And I don't, you know, that's not crazy. You know what I mean? You and I are established radio personnel. It, would you want to go to an upstart tomorrow, or would you rather go to someplace, you know what I mean, like Z100? You'd rather go to Z100, because you know Z100 is going to be Z100. I'd rather stay right here at the Rock Mother. You may not have that option. <laughs> Your shot at $1,000. You're getting it every hour on Rock 106.9. Your next one's right now.
your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have warrant tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those. I, uh, I'm reading this article on nonverbal flirting. All right. And, and how to be a better nonverbal flirter. Okay. And I believe I could use some help in this regard. That I am fantastic inside of a conversation. If I'm talking to you, if somebody has introduced us, or if, like, I know, like, if I start talking to you, I'm normally all right. It's entering into that conversation sometimes for me can be difficult. I see this a lot for me. At the grocery store, like I'll be walking through the grocery store, I'll see somebody and instead of saying hello, I'll just kind of smile and nod like, hey, you know what I mean? Like versus like saying hello. Um, yeah. And I, I, I see how that can, because it's like, well, where does the, where does the bridge open up there where it's like smiling and nodding? That's the polite thing to do. Sometimes I'll say hello, but not loud enough. Um, like sometimes I'm like, Hey, and like, and it's like, dude, nobody heard that. Like, you said, so what, what, so what was the point of it? What why, are you doing? Why'd you even do that? And why are you so afraid to what, say hello? Why, why am I not saying hello? Um, but there is a little bit of, and I feel like this often, like kind of as a man where it's like. I don't say hello or because I don't want to be perceived as flirting. I don't. As somebody in a relationship where it's like, I don't want to put myself in that situation where it's like, all right, I would just rather keep my head You're down. right, but it's crazy that the word hello is now perceived as flirting. But you're right on, on, on what your estimation of you is. But you're opening up that, you're saying hello to open up that door to flirt, right? I mean, that's essentially what you're saying. I don't know if it's true of all people. It would be, that's what I would think that, that I would be doing. They say, but dial down your smile. Women regard too much smiling as a sign of femininity and timidity, both of which are turnoffs. That doesn't mean you should keep a stone face, they say. Women are attracted to men who seem fun and approachable, Wade says, but they, they, you come off as feminine if you smile too much. Um, I think if you start cheesing at somebody where it's like, hey, here's all my teeth. Yeah. Versus like, well, that's like serial killers versus that, like sort of like acknowledging them smirk, I guess. Like it depends on what your smile is there. They say touch your guy friends is another way to nonverbal flirt there. Grab your buddy, slap his back. Touching your male friends with limits, of course, will signal social status and dominance, which women dig. I'm glad we have those imaging pieces about touching peepees and reach arounds and all that stuff. Stan's right about to get laid. Jeez. <laughs> Touch your face, they say. Every couple of minutes, rub your jaw, scratch your chin. This will draw attention to your most masculine features. Now, I was always told that touching your face meant that you were nervous. Oh, you were lying. Yeah, yeah that's another one of those things. You're absolutely right. So, like, that would fly in the face of that. Um, I guess, once again, it depends on what you're doing here, where it's like if you're having a conversation and you're doing this, you're rubbing your face, I guess I could see that. But if you're, you know, you're you're at the bar and you've got your face, you know, your hand on your face. Probably not yeah. that crazy. Copy her moves, they say. Mimic the way she gestures or holds her drink. Mirroring a person's behavior can make you more appealing to that person. I've heard that in job interview, like like classes before, where it's like, don't don't be a robot of them. Don't like exactly do it. But if they lean forward, lean forward. If they take, you know, well, if, whatever they're doing, if you do, they won't think it's weird because they do it. Right, and it's it, it's it's showing them like, hey, you and I, common ground here. Play eye tag is another one. Men who frequently uh, frequently sorry glance around are more likely to make eye contact with a woman. 
women respond better to guys whom they've already exchanged a glance with. So every few minutes, sweep your eyes across the room, making sure to look briefly at her when you do it. Now, see, I do do this a lot. And I have made eye contact with women before plenty of times, and then I don't do anything. And then I just sit there, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm not doing that. It's the first step, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of guys have a hard time with it because it can turn awkward very quickly. One to three seconds of eye contact, you're like, all right, that's good. Anything over three, and that's not that much time, and all of a sudden, dude, you do. You seem like a psycho. Opening up, they say, is another nonverbal flirting technique that really helps men out. Men who don't, men who do not cross their arms are seen more as attractive, active, and persuasive. Avoid poses that will constrict or close your body off. Wade says, instead, sit or stand with your legs apart and your elbows away from your sides. And then another one here is spread out. Sit at a table with one arm draped over a nearby chair or lean at the bar with your arms spread apart. Both moves will convey to the fairer sex a personal and physical space. Women interpret this as a sign of dominance. Again, you are like marking your territory, making it yours. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I can see how. It's so funny to me that in all of these this is how you pick up a woman article. It's about exerting your dominance. And yet, what is the country running amok with right now? Talking about how men need to be less dominant. So which is it? Do I need to show women that I'm a dominant figure? Or do I need to shun my masculinity and understand that I have male privilege and that my dominance is not needed in all spaces? I think it's like anything else. The answer's in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's probably a little bit of both where it's like, dude, yes, I want you to be a man. I want you to be masculine, but I don't want you to club me over the head and drag me back to a cave. Well, that's a fair request. That's a fair request. I am. Again, dude, I saw a woman at the gym yesterday that was very attractive. That was very attractive. I um, I think I'm, dude. I kind of need to get back out and start dating again. Like I do, the amount of dates I set and then cancel, I think would blow you away. I'm always like, yeah, 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 let's go do that. And then the day comes, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And then I back out. I constantly back out. As a matter of fact, and this will never happen, but I actually do have a little bit of a crush right now. There's a woman I'm friends with on Facebook. And you know, like sometimes, dude, you're just friends with people, but you just keep seeing them over and over again. So you're like, dude, I don't know. Maybe that, that might be kind of fun. But she's got two kids. She's seeing some guy. They're not married because she talks about it a lot about how they're not married. So you can kind of tell she's kind of annoyed about it. But he is the baby daddy. And there is part of me where like I'm like every time she posts something, I'm just wishing it's like her dude screwed up. Right, because, right, right, right. Like well, I, dude, I am like, she has no idea, by the way. She has no clue. But I literally, every day, I just pray for the day this dude screws up. It's a three-step process there. The first thing you'll see is like a meme that says like, don't jump oceans for people who wouldn't swim puddles, across a puddle for puddles. you. The second thing will be like, oh yeah, feeling myself today, you know, like blah, 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 just got my hair done all of a sudden. And then that third one comes around and he's like, left that loser behind, stands very moving in for yeah, the win. That's when hot dogs just start falling from the sky. <laughs> But I do. I have a huge thing for this woman, dude, and she has no idea. And I'm just sitting by every day. I just scroll through Facebook. I'm like, damn it. There she is again. Well, I guess we'll like this photo, I suppose. That probably, you know what I mean? Is that like for guys, that that's like the on deck circle for the vagina. It's like, well, I'll just like this photo. And then like I'm in the waiting zone. I've liked like seven of your, of your pictures. How am I not your boyfriend yet? That is so a dude. That That is so, that is so such the men's. Mentality. We do have warrant tickets. They're playing the Hard Rock Roxino. It is on the 23rd. Jack Russell's Great White will be there, too. Let's uh, send caller 17 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. And an arrest has been made. 
in the Perry Candy case. We'll uh, fill you in on that next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Online for you, WRQK.com. Another shot at $1,000 coming up at 9 o'clock. I got bad news for Canton, Ohio at 9.32. Okay. Bad news. All right. Yikes. However, now, though, police said a female student out of Perry High School was arrested on misdemeanor charges Friday for telling students that candy brought into the school by another student had been tainted. Uh, Police Chief Mike Pameski said the 21 students who became ill last Wednesday were likely reacting in a panic after hearing from the female student that bags of Sour Patch Kids were laced with an unspecified substance. The student charged with the misdemeanor counts of disorderly conduct and obstructing official business was not the person who brought the candy to school. A male student had brought multiple bags of chewable candy into the school to give other students as a friendly gesture without malicious intent. She was the common denominator, they're saying. It was found to be the originator and source of the statement giving rise to this case. Understandably, this set off considerable panic and anxiety with the students who had consumed the candies. So I guess what I want to know is... The students that were taken to the hospital, were they diagnosed with showing symptoms of having been drugged? If I remember correctly, dilated pupils. That's um, what I thought they had said. Racing heart. And now I guess. Racing heart could be brought on by the sheer panic of, oh, no, somebody gave me something and I don't want to be taking it. I would think. Right? Right. Like you just worrying too much can increase your heart rate, correct? Right. Right. Okay, right. so maybe that's it. The dilated pupils, however, I'm not sure happens unless you put a foreign agent into your body. And I, I'm sorry, I just don't buy this. I haven't bought this from the beginning, and I don't. I'm not buying it now. That this girl just said, "Hey, there's drugs in here," and 21 people reacted enough for it to be that. Like, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I don't. I don't six buy students it. were transported to area hospitals, and other students were either brought to the hospital by their parents or returned to class. So transported. So ambulance. That's what that means to me, right? right? Is that a medical professional picked them up and then took them to the medical professional building, right? Right. So my guess is that they were viewed by a medical professional either on the way or when they got there. So then why am I not hearing from that place that we've screened these people and nothing has come across? Now, I know that the concept of like duping high school kids with 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 you know intoxicants isn't new like, not at all like like you know you, you tell somebody there's alcohol in it they start acting drunk and then you're like Becky you're such a dumb bitch you didn't there wasn't even alcohol in right. there or you know you smoke a joint of oregano or you give a, you know you sell a kid a bag of oregano saying like yeah dude it's the Kush bro it's the good weed um yes I I know that's a thing but I don't see how 21 students six go to the hospital but 21 students end up with symptoms and there was nothing involved. I just don't buy it. Yeah, I don't believe it. So why are we being lied to? I I think it's there's I think there's answers there's questions that they don't have answers to and it's like, well, this is the closest we can get to an answer here. Is just telling somebody that something was in that that wasn't an arrestable offense. Um 
I mean, inducing panic. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the That's day. That's what they're going to. Yeah. yeah. And I actually, I've been in trouble for inducing panic once before. The cops showed up, hands on guns. It was not interesting. Turns out, dude, you tell people Metallica's going to play in a parking lot, dude, the cops get pissed. Right. So <laughs> it, the it, cops it, get pissed. Inducing panic. I mean, I think it's it, at the very least comparable to running into a, a, a movie theater and yelling fire. fire right. A car, you know, hijacking an airport. Very much the same thing. Right. So I. I, I okay. Mean, it, All I, right. I, that's fair. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. But the thing thing that I've seen pointed out, and I don't know how true this is or not, is that if these kids were given acid or LSD, you can't necessarily drug test through that through urine or a hair sample. From what I've been told, it's it a re- spinal it tap, right? It requires a spinal tap, and you can't get that without a warrant. So if they're sitting there with like, well, we don't have answers. We don't know how to do th- or wh- how to solve this without getting permission for a spinal tap. We- and no parents cutting off. You know what I'm no. saying? You know, you don't want that no. to happen. So at that point, I think it's probably just like, yo, we don't know what happened here. We cannot test for LSD or hallucinogens outside. We there's no way to do that these days. I don't know if all hallucinogens. I don't know if I. I, I can't. I, I genuinely do not know that. But I was presented that argument of well, it would take a warrant to spinal tap somebody, and that's why it's not happening. I mean, I know co- I have cop friends, and they'll tell me that they primarily lean on the light eyeball test a lot of times with right. the hallucinogens. That right. they lean on that. So my guess is is that they they probably don't have. A fundamental test the way we do for, like, you know, um, your intoxication levels of alcohol and or marijuana. Right. I don't buy this either, dude. Like, my spidey senses are tingling, dude. Like, something's not right. Something's not okay here. And I know with everything that's happened in Perry recently... There is going to be a little bit of suspicion of like, well, is the school covering something up or what's happening, blah, 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 blah. And I don't want to start jumping to conclusions. I don't want to start saying like, oh, dude, corruption, we're pointing it out right here. But there is something about this that just doesn't ring right to me. Don wants to know, my question is, who pays the bills for those medical visits? The parents of the student who's, who, who pays the bills. They're your kids. It's If something happens to your kid, whether it be intentional or not, who's responsible for it? You are. Now, are, is there going to be an argument of like, well, I can take this family to court and, you know, sue for sure. Maybe. But, right. but, but initially, who's going to have to pay for the medical bills? You. You're the parent of the child. It is, it is your responsibility to make sure your child's medical treatments are taken care of. So they're going to pay. It's um, but I don't buy this story for a minute. I, I I'm sorry. I don't believe that six kids were transported via ambulance, from what we understand, and were not either screened and or cleared. I mean, if it was just as easy enough to be like, yeah, man, there's drugs in that, and that really got you high, I'd be like, stand for it, dude. I just put drugs in your drink right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna happen. I know my dude's listening. <laughs> I want my eighty bucks back, you dick. It's eighty bucks that you shouldn't have in your greedy pocket. All right. More Stansberry Show. A couple who's been married for 66 years looking for a way out, and they found it. We'll give you that plus $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Your next opportunity at $1,000 is happening momentarily. This you'll want to know about, too, though. Tomorrow... At the station's Facebook page. Yeah. We will be doing a uh, internet presale for Breaking Benjamin and Five Finger Death Punch. That show's coming to blossom September the 9th. Tickets go on sale on the 16th at 10 a.m. The presale will be on our station's Facebook page tomorrow from 10 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock that evening. Now, I think this is a pretty damn good show, a show I'd be interested to go to. 
but I am surprised, I should say, at least the way this is presented to me is that Breaking Benjamin is your headliner. Really? Is that if it, it there? I mean, that's the way it's been presented. When you look at the photos, really? they're the first photo. It says Breaking Benjamin and, and then it's like, and so like it to me, it, it looks like Breaking Ben is your headliner for this tour, which I don't know. I haven't seen the numbers of, of album sales and tickets purchased of, for other shows and this and that. I just had been under the impression that Five Finger, the bigger of the two bands right now. Yeah, feels like that to me. But if you said who's had more commercial success, I think Breaking Benjamin's probably had the bigger songs. But if you look at whole catalog, I bet you, I bet you, Five Finger Death Punch has sold more albums, sold more merch, sold more concert tickets. The Diary of Jane has probably been better, been bigger on the radio than anything Five Finger put out, as far as like massively played. It just, why does Five Finger feel like the much bigger band to me? Um, I think because... Newer? I, no, not necessarily. It's because they're newer. I think they've become kind of synonymous for what we view rock music as right now. You know what I mean? Or commercial rock music as right now. Where it's, like, they're the first band I think of when somebody says to me commercial rock band. Right. They're the Five Finger Death Punch is the first band that runs through my mind. So on some level, that makes them a pretty big band, right? If they're, yes. if they're top of mind for you that way, that they got to be somewhat big, and they're good live. Like I will knock Five Finger a little bit. Like I'll you know every now and again I'll jab at him. Not as much as he jabs at his wife, but okay. Oh, ouch, ouch. Jeez. Ivan Moody, ouch, yeah. ouch. Well, ouch, well, ouch. I'm sure what his wife was saying. Well, let's make that clear that I don't beat my wife. Right, right. Yes, <laughs> I was not putting that out okay. of Let's uh, let's make that clear. First of all, can't even get married. No. Um. But I like I'll knock Five Finger occasionally here and there, but the um, like I think I have like I have an iHeartRadio gym playlist that I'll use when I go work out at the gym, and uh, like I built my own playlist through iHeartRadio, which you can do by the way. All your favorite music, all your favorite stations Dang. built in right there. Dang. And so I did because I constantly have to read that goddamn commercial. So I was like, dude, this thing must be great, right? And so like I started like messing around with it the other day at the gym, and I built like an eighty-five song playlist. And I've never worked out through all 85 songs. Like, nobody's that big of a beast. But the amount of five-finger death punch that's on it, I think people would be shocked for how much I will, like, knock that band and, like, kind of, like, rib them. You know what I mean? Because they are, I mean, they are, like, monster energy drink, like, sponsored. I mean, dude, they, that's what they do. They make music for the gym and for, like, you know, energy drink commercials. That's what they do. But there's a place for that. You need bands like that. And they're amazing, dude. When you're at the gym, dude, and you don't feel like pushing anymore, dude, there is something about Five Finger that's like, all right, dude, I got four more minutes in me. Let's go. I got this. Well, it's high BPM. It's aggressive sounding. Um, you've got a dude who's yelling like, personal fear, make a throw. So, like, yeah, I mean, there's something to it. Yeah, I would agree. 10 o'clock tomorrow, you said? 10 o'clock tomorrow. Okay. Station's Facebook page, Internet Presale, Breaking Ben, Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, that'll be a good show September 9th out of Blossom tickets go on sale Friday we'll have an internet pre-sale for you tomorrow I do want to get into this story about this uh, couple that was married 66 years we're looking for a way out of it they found one they wanted to go together so we'll give you that story after we hook you up with this thousand dollars right now 106.9 
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. have another $1,000 for you. Teresa will get you hooked up at 10, 10 this morning. Uh, people taking issue with us as we were talking about this, uh, this story out of Perry where 21 people felt like they got sick from some candy and... They've now arrested a girl who said the candy had been contaminated, and but they're saying they're claiming though it wasn't. So a guy says to me, he says, "Get some facts from the medical community." Well, we tried, Jeffrey, and that's what we kept saying: is how come the medical staff isn't telling me any of this? It says, given the circumstances in Perry and the world, combine that with cautionary tales we tell our kids about Halloween candy, except for that's razors, not LSD. Stir in a convincing suggestion, and voila, we have mass hysteria—a very real thing that produces a myriad of symptoms. The kids that were transported were probably in the state of full-blown panic. Given the circumstance, I'm sure that no authority, medical or otherwise, was going to take the risk of missing something, having a death on their hands. You're right, because, dude, that never happens in the world. That just People laying down on the jobs, even though the, even though the repercussions of that are massive and you will go to jail and all that stuff, you're right. That absolutely never happens in the medical community ever. Here's what I maintain, Jeffrey. There's no way 21 people went through the same placebo effect. There's no way. There is absolutely no way that happened. He's saying HIPAA is probably what's stopping them. No, HIPAA would prevent you from giving out the identity of the person. It would not prevent you from telling people what was what had been affected them, just their identities. So no, it's not HIPAA that's stopping that. Somebody somewhere is lying about what's going on. I don't know who it is, and maybe they're lying without knowing that they're lying. Maybe they're maybe they believe they are telling you the truth and they just don't have the right information. But I don't believe that six students could be transported and like mass hysteria. So you mean to tell me, dude, a medical professional can't tell the difference between mass hysteria and a drug reaction? Then that's the bigger conversation we should be having. That's the conversation. Then we need different people on staff that are dealing with this. If you can't tell the difference between those two after running tests, then I think you are underqualified for the position in which you hold. Like, we want the information. Our point to have the conversation on the air was is that we're not getting the information. And I find it highly unlikely. I won't say impossible, even though I have previously. I will reiterate and say it is highly unlikely that 21 people experience the same exact placebo effect. I don't buy that. I just don't buy it. Having been a drug user, having taken drugs, I just, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't. A couple had been married, Fantone, for 66 years. A long time. And they wanted to die together. Charlie, 87, Francie, 88, this out of Portland, Oregon, died in their bed together. They did so on April the 20th of last year, 2017. They both took lethal doses of a medication obtained under the state's death with dignity law. They captured the final moments of their lives on camera for the documentary Living and Dying, A Love Story, which the couple agreed to take part in as a way to commemorate their life together after their passing. It was produced by their daughter and son-in-law, and it contains conversations and preparations right up until their deaths. They had no regrets, no unfinished businesses, the daughter says. It felt like their time, and it meant so much to know that they were together. Meaning in Oregon, and I believe some other states, you have the right to medical-assisted suicide, essentially, if you want it. I thought that was only the case if you were, like, terminal. That's what I had thought. I mean, I didn't think you could just make that call of, like, hey, you know what, I'm done, let's push off. That's what I, I thought, that's what, that had been the impression I was under. 
But this says when it came time to plan their own deaths, they reached out to Linda Jensen at the End of Life Choices. That's a that's an organization in Oregon, a nonprofit that supports people seeking to use the state's death with dignity law. They were pretty well informed, it says. What they wanted to understand was what a planned death really looks like. Now, under the death with dignity law, qualify okay, here we go. Qualified terminally ill adults can voluntarily request and receive a prescription of medication that will facilitate their deaths. That was as far as February 20th of last year. California, Colorado, District of Columbia, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington all have death with dignity statutes. Um, I believe all of those places, ironically, are the same places where you can buy recreational marijuana. So what that tells you is, is that there are, in fact, certain places in this country, and this word gets bastardized all the time, that are more progressive thinking than other places. Now, when I mean progressive, I don't, I don't mean like this identity politics BS. I mean in the, no, we're not just going to say no to this because it makes you uncomfortable. Let's examine and find out if this is right for some other people and we'll be able to do it. There are places in the country that are less rigid than, and I maintain that the Midwest is about just about the most rigid of sections of the country that we are just the, we are is immovable as parts of the country can be. According and now according to Oregon.gov, the law was passed in Oregon specifically in 1997 and about 1,200 patients, about 1,100 actually, 1,100 patients have died from ingesting the medications. I'm all for this. Yeah, I don't have a problem with I'm it. I'm all for it. If, if, if you were at the end of your life, I, and I understand why we put the qualifier on it of, of terminally ill. I get why we put the qualifier. I don't love it, but I understand why it's there. Um, because what you don't want, much like I don't want an eight-year-old um, going through with like a transgender operation, because when you're 20, are you still going to feel the same way you feel at eight years old? No, you are not. So what I don't want is I don't want a 40-year-old kind of miserable, single, going, I just want the end-of-life drugs. And then in reality, it's like, did you really or is that how you felt that day? But I do believe in this country that you should be able to end your life when you want. Yeah, I mean, by the time you're 88, aren't you just terminal period? You know what I'm saying? I would be, <laughs> dude, yes. Dude, we're just circling yes. the drain ready to die right now. Um, I get what you're saying of like you don't want a young person. You don't want an 18-year-old necessarily to feel like, all right, well, this is the easy way out of suicide or right. whatever. Can't have hard that. To be, hard to be anti-suicide and not see some sort of issue here. I do see the difference between like what we traditionally view as suicide and what happened here. I view I view those as two different things, but I see where there's gray area in between it. Yeah, there are there's definitely some gray area in between it. I like what this couple did. I mean, if you were married 66 years, do you really want to live without your better half? Probably no. not. Your entire life is going to be upside down. You're going to be lost. You're not going to know what to do. Yeah. So in the end, this to me is the sweeter and honestly the more compassionate way to do things. And if your daughter's okay with it, if you were okay with it, and you were documenting it, obviously you were of sound mind and body to make the decision. That's right. the only thing I care about. 
did you decide this? Was did this a you willing pick decision this? as opposed to your daughter being like, dude, I'm so sick of taking care of this old son of a bitch. Um, what was the name of the, the documentary or the movie or whatever this was here? Uh, let me look back. Let me scroll back up here. It is they were going to do Living and Dying. There it is. <laughs> Living and Dying, a love story. Okay. I, I Honestly, I kind of feel like that's something I at least want to like, all right, what's that all about? Like, Well, I'll get the trailer for it. I'll get that linked at WRQK.com so you can see that. But I'm all for this. Um, I think if it were me, and this is why I don't get to make these laws, but I would get rid of the terminally ill qualifier and make it any adult over the age of 65. If you decide you want to do this, do it. It's your life. But now you're putting it at 65. What if I'm 58 and I'm dying of painful cancer? Well, okay. Again, like we can do that. I'm saying if you just, I don't think you should have to be terminally ill. If you get to a certain age in life and you're just like, you know what, dude, this place kind of sucks. I want out. I'm doing it this way. And you do it and you go through the hoops to do it this way. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I don't don't necessarily have a problem with that. I just feel like at some point there's going to be a 63 year old that's like, what the hell, dude? What? What the hell? But okay, that that may that may be that may be true, and that's what steps are for. And we'll just push you down them, and then everything <laughs> will be fine. I got bad news, Canton, Ohio. Bad bad news. We made it on a list we don't want to be on. This was listener sent in, so I this was not me like looking to yell at you. A listener sent this in. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. And we'll be passing out another $1,000 at 1010 this morning with Teresa. So this sent to me by a daily listener. His name's Matt. Tweeted this in. Listens to us every day. We appreciate that, first and foremost. But Canton, Ohio, has fell on another list we don't want to be on. We've oh. been on this list before, though. Okay. Okay. So it's like this is like this is more not we were put on this list. I believe this is we're staying on said list. Okay. But uh, this from wkyc.com this morning and uh, sent to us via Matt Burdett, who listens every morning. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for that. The city of Canton is tipping the scales Ugh. in a battle of the belly bulge, ranking. As the 17th fattest location in America. Wow. Bro, you're in the top 20. Wow. Yikes. Wow. Wallet Hub says their fat study compared 100 of the most populated U.S. metro areas across 18 key metrics. The main three factors include obesity, health consequences, and food slash fitness. Okay. Here's how some other Ohio cities had been ranked. Cleveland. 79th, Dayton, 36th, Columbus, 31st, Akron coming in at number 52. I'm surprised Columbus is fatter than Cleveland. I legitimately, I like surprised about that. Columbus, more young people, more like the boom town of Ohio right now. Everybody's like, man, I got to get to Columbus, got to get to Columbus. I would think a little more health conscious. Yeah, it definitely is the boom town. If you want to live in any city in, in Ohio right now, Columbus is the city to be living in for sure. Um, I, are we maybe being a little too guilty of making Columbus solely about Ohio state university where the outskirts of Columbus, it is just Southern Ohio. And so like 
maybe there's just a lot of butter going on. I just would have thought. Uh, I would just would have thought the yo- the youth movement in Columbus would be enough to at least counter that number past Cleveland. Because what's 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 keeping Cleveland skinny? Absolutely, one hundred percent nothing. 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 I'll give you the top ten, and then we'll go into why we think Canton's so fat. Okay. Uh, we'll go from ten down to number one: Lexington, Kentucky, then Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Birmingham, Alabama, Jackson, Mississippi, Knoxville, Tennessee, Mobile, Alabama, Memphis, Tennessee, McAllen, Texas, Shreveport, Louisiana, and Little Rock, Arkansas. You want to guess what all what all ten of those have in common? Southeast. They're all from the south, right? Yeah, I mean, southeast. They're all from the like south, there. exactly. They're exactly. Now, I have been to Louisiana. Um, I've been to Baton Rouge. Uh, I've been to Shreveport. I, uh, I I've been to New Orleans. Um, I've been to Jackson, Mississippi. I can tell you that they are heavy down there. Now that it was pre-Katrina, it was the last time I was down there. But dude, it was like they were massive people down there. They were very, very large. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that economics plays a big part in this. And I think if you looked at most of those states, most of those cities, probably in kind of a bad economic place. Um, I know it seems like well, you can't be if you're poor, you can't be fat, and it's like no, you totally can't be. Like no, the more poor you are, the more the more unhealthy that your diet is normally. You're making less, you know, prepared choices, and you're. I mean, yes, it's it's dollar for calorie count. It's yeah, I mean, that's a stupid argument. Um, and I know it's not your argument. No, I know it's somebody right. else's argument, but that, that's not a solid argument. Um, I'm surprised for this and this alone is that Cleveland ranked 79th and Canton ranked 17th. Because as a guy who has lived in both, Cleveland's my home, now lived here, which this is now my home. Um, I really feel that way. I don't. I hardly recognize downtown Cleveland when I go there anymore. Um but I was born and raised there, now live here. I still go back and forth. I was just up there last weekend bartending. That I don't feel like people down here, like to go from 79th to 17th, I would think it would be noticeable. Like when I drove down here, like, Jesus, dude, look, like once you get past that bridge, dude, they're just massive. But it doesn't feel that way. Like it doesn't feel like, Can- does it feel to you like Canton is that much fatter than Cleveland? I think Not if, at all to me. I think if I think if we started looking at like the metro areas of both places, I think once again, you're just getting into Canton, Stark County, probably a little bit more economically depressed in the surrounding areas versus what what's happening up north. So I just think that's just leading to... You know, worse health decisions, worse, you know, worse information available to people where they don't necessarily, you know. I will admit it does it does feel as if there's less money here than Cleveland. Yeah, so I think as you kind of go north on 77, I mean. It definitely see, feels that You way. see the difference. I mean, once you get past Akron in Summit County, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's not so bad here. You go a little further north, it's like, man, it's pretty all right up here. And then, like, you know, you get into. Yeah, into that's true. You, you start to get up into that, that, that top point of Summit County, and it's like, damn, dude, look at this. We got Hudson over here. We got Solon over here. We got, you know what I mean? Twinsburg's not even the worst. We got Aurora's all right. You know what I mean? That's true. Those places all just feel a little bit more. Now, I bet if we broke Stark County down, you would see the same things. If we got into the Jackson area, you probably have people who are in better shape, better, you know, take better care of themselves. Where if you start to get into, you know, some of the more economically depressed areas of the area, um, you're probably going to have more fat people. Hmm. Yeah. And, and, and. Belden Village, the uh, just the well, the, see, but that's North Canton. Well, I, what I'm gonna say about that is the the eye of the storm of all restaurants. Literally every single restaurant we love to eat out in this well, town, dude. Canton we in general. It. I mean, that's not even a Belden thing. Like I will say, like as a guy who lived in West Park versus a guy who now I now live in downtown Canton. 
the the availability of food is higher here than it was in any Cleveland neighborhood I lived in. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just something about this area where it's like, no, man, I got to get it out of a drive-thru. That's no, true. I got to go sit down and get a two for 25. No, man, I got to, I mean, it, it's, it's who we are. I can't believe that a town this size, because it's not that big. Well, it's per capita, right? It's per 100,000 people, I would assume this I, is. I would th- I'm just saying uh, in general, I can't believe that a, that, that a place this big, or I'm sorry, this size, because it's not like it's that big can support as many restaurants as it does. Once again, it's just that we all go to them all the time. Like, they wouldn't open up another McDonald's if it wasn't going to sell burgers. That's true. It, that's just the truth. So, 17th fat. I mean, again, I've been to a lot of those cities in the South. I mean, most. We're, I'm trying to think of other places I've lived. Vegas, nah, dude, a lot of people are in really good shape in Vegas. Like, we're we're going to keep adding to this because we all keep getting fatter, and you think to yourself, I'm not as fat as that, dude. Look at that guy. He's the same size well, I am. That's what happened to me a lot, is that I would be, I, I would feel bad about myself and be like, oh my God, you're so fat. You saw that photo of yourself. You look gross. What the hell's the matter with you? you you're not taking care of yourself. You should do this. And then I would go out. In public, and I'd be like, "Well, I mean, if that dude can eat fried chicken, why am I not going right. to eat fried?" <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's what would happen to me. And um, I am happy that I have at least made an effort. I went back to the gym yesterday. The last two days before that, I was really lazy, and I was worried. I was like, "Oh my God, is this going to start to go? Are the dominoes going to fall in the wrong direction?" And I didn't want that to happen. So, like, I like rushed there yesterday and like put like a two-hour workout in because I was like, "Dude, you got to get right back on this horse because it's so easy." That's the problem, dude, is that it is so easy just to eat. And it's so easy not to do things. It's like, all right, I'll just eat this. And then like, what the mind does is like, all right, in 20 minutes, I'll go do something. All right, in a half hour. No, no, no. Dude, give me just another half hour of this, then I'll go. And it's just you got to buck those trends, and you got to fight against it. And it is. It is very, very difficult to get back into a routine once you've been out of it for a while. But 17th fattest city in America? Good job, Canton. Pat yourself on the back if you can reach it. Man, that is br- that is brutal. Teresa will have another opportunity for you to score yourself a thousand dollars. Ten ten, she'll give you your next keyword of the day. Aside from that, this show's done. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, six a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9.